Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you? Why? You're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. I like to mix it up. Uh, yeah, Make sure I, the I energy is fresh. Definitely. Make sure it's as fresh as a newborn baby. Mm. <laughs> no, that's not it. Mm. I, don't, I don't think people refer to newborn babies as fresh. Like you wouldn't, like if someone just had a baby and you walked in to see it, you wouldn't be like, look at that fresh baby. <laughs> Hot off the presses. What yeah. are we doing today? This is a different format. Yeah, we are. We're starting a new s- series series within our show. Okay. Well, so in in the great tradition of multiple episodes discussing weddings, sure, right? And we've done our series of uh, what is it? Sayings. That's not what they're idioms. called. Idioms, right? Yes, and many others that kind of like piggyback around each other. You know, right? how have we off done a other? series about idioms and never talked about that it's one letters off from idiots? Do they share a root word? I don't know, but it's so close to being the same. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, um, we're going to start a new one. We're tentatively calling this read and react because okay, that is what we're going to do. <laughs> I think we can find a, a snappier title maybe. Read and like, react isn't snappy like enough? between the lines. Something that's a more play on word instead of just the two now or two verbs that we will be performing. They both start with R, so. I guess that that's a good it's point. It's alliterative. It is alliterative. Okay. All right. I'm tentative. Tentative. Okay. Um, because... Over the years that we've been doing this show, um, I have amassed quite a collection of etiquette books. And you won't let me hollow them out to hide things in. <laughs> They're big, thick, hardbound books. They will be uh, perfect. You know where people aren't going to look for like cool things? In the Emily Post Guide, right? I'm just saying, I think of all the cool things I could hide in. It's not important. Not important. Because um, not only do I find them places, people send them to me, which Correct. is amazing. Um, and You've I, gotten them for presents We've gotten them for presents at Christmas. Because once you tell your family that you like something, they give you all of that thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's why they keep giving me pictures of myself. No, I they, like myself. Well, no, they don't. People that's do, all. though. People do send me Fans drawings, do, yeah. because they like you, too. Seriously, so my family doesn't like me. I'm just saying that they are not. Uh, they're not supporting that particular. They're not habit. feeding the beast. I get it. Okay. <laughs> um, and of course, some of them are n- older editions of books that I already have. Um, I really like when we go to uh, go to different places. See if anybody has. You know, like. When we were in Pigeon Forge one time, I looked to see if there were like, I don't know, like a Dolly etiquette book or something oh like that. Oh my God, that was so good. That would be so good. I didn't see one on that trip. I guarantee though, she's written something that we could talk about. We should do a bio on her. It's wild. But anyway, what I what I like about this is also we should go ahead and credit because you might be thinking like, oh, this is different. So what did Alex do this time? Alex helped us go through these books and right, say, like, yes. here's some great passages for you guys to discuss. Because with children now, 
Um, I don't read books cover to cover like I used to. Well, you do if they have like Vampirina in them <laughs> or Bluey or uh, a lot of rhyming nonsense words. Right, yeah, um, yeah. Stuff I'm more, about Monster's New Underpants. I'm more of a... Cover to cover. <laughs> and I've seen them do it in one sitting, folks. It's incredible. <laughs> I'm more of an index reader these days. Yeah. If there's something that I want to want to go straight forward, I use that, but... Um, well, and the other difficult thing is, frankly, when we're researching things, so if you want to find out specifics about a topic, right. you've got the internet right at your fingertips, right, where it's so much easier to deep dive a specific topic mm-hmm. than to just read a whole book to see if there's something in it yes. related to these episodes. So rarely do we get the chance to go in-depth on these books that we've been sent. So this mm-hmm. is an opportunity to do that. So a couple of the books that I have in front of me in my lap are kind of like um like a general introduction into some etiquette. The first one that I'm going to read excerpts from is by Peter Post of the Emily Post Institute. And I'm betting Post family. Yeah. Yes, of Emily Post. Um, and he's written several books. Um, particularly, he also wrote Essential Manners for Men, um, being uh, identifying as a man himself. I think I've read that. You probably have. Yeah. We ha- we might have it somewhere. And let me also say, uh, unintended bonus for those of you at home with ASMR uh, capabilities. I don't know. Lots of page turning Lots in this of page one. Turning. Ooh, d- um, delicious. And so I'm going to be reading from Essential Manners for Couples. Okay. that Oh, that's perfect because I don't know if you know this. We are. We are a couple. We are a couple. A couple of weirdos. Um, He obviously also thanks his wife, uh, Trisha. Um, for co-authoring this book, if not in particular words, uh, definitely in their shared experiences. Mm. Does he credit their son, Fence? Fence post? <laughs> okay. Um, so here, here's what I would like to read for you today. Okay. It consists of the three principles of etiquette. Now, I would like you... Before Ooh. I read it, of what of what Peter Post okay. says are the three principles. The three principles. You um. know, if you could just just how about how about one? You tell me one principle you think of etiquette. Is there something there that's basically sums up like the do unto others as you would want them to do unto you? Absolutely, that's the first one. Boom. Now let me see if I can get the second one. Okay. Um. Uh. When in doubt, kindness. Sure, but sure. That's not, one of them, is that's it? not really okay, one what of are them. The other ones? Okay, so uh, consideration. Sure, right. That was the first one. Right. Um, respect and okay. honesty is what. Oh, that's a tough one. Two of them. I'm got down. I right. respect people to a fault. Um, I'm so worried about doing things wrong, as we've discussed in this show many, many times. The idea of there being a procedure that one is supposed to follow and me not knowing it mm-hmm. is one of my biggest anxieties. Uh, consider it, yeah, this guy, top notch. Honest, honest. <laughs> you have been known to fudge the truth. Well, this is actually one of the trickiest things of like talking to our kids about honesty. Mm-hmm. Is like wanting. To- when you are explaining a like core concept thing to kids, you got to be careful not to go into the, you know, unless this happens, or the, all the conditional statements. And sure. it's so tempting to be like, it is important that we are always honest. Unless it's going to hurt someone's feelings or unless it's like, I don't have to tell you, that kind of thing. Don't be pressured into telling someone something you don't want to. 
Got to leave that out. Yeah, so got to leave like, it out. Honesty is important. Okay. So let's talk about consideration first. Peter Post writes, Consideration is understanding how other people are affected by whatever is taking place. To be considerate is to show empathy for those around you. Consideration, above all, requires thinking before acting. In order to consider the effect of your actions, appearance, and words on your significant other, you'll ask yourself, how is he going to feel or react if I do that? It's when you just go blindly ahead and do something without thinking that you are not showing consideration and stuff is likely to hit the fan. Now that, yes, absolutely. That's obviously important. Secondarily to that, though, if you fail to consider beforehand, try considering afterhand. It's not as good. It's not as good. It's not as good, but it's still better than never considering at all. And if you're hearing that and you're like, yeah, I do that. Do you do it? when you're in line for like an amusement park ride or when you're walking around a big crowded place, are you thinking about the people behind you? Because I tell you from my life experience, you're probably not. Just statistically <laughs> speaking from the people I've been stuck behind in a thing, you're not thinking about my experience behind you at all. I think relationship has to do a little bit with this, right? Because what you're saying is you're not considering those people because maybe they're not within like your bubble of the relationship that you want to have with people, right? So I would I don't consider them. I'm saying no. I want them to consider me. I see. And I don't, it doesn't need to be too. I don't care about them. <laughs> but I would like them to consider my experience. Uh, I would also uh, actionable advice here from someone who's been married for a hundred years. Um, it's not just considering like uh, bad stuff before you do it. Of course. It's also like, you know what, for example, my uh, love language, I like to give gifts, right? I like to do things for people. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to think about like, okay, great. Will they be embarrassed that I spent too much money on this? Will this be a thing that they don't actually need and it's just going to clutter up a shelf in their house? Is mm. this the service they actually need me to provide? Or is there a better way I could express my love for them by like helping them? Like, for example, you might be like, I bet they'd love a surprise. Would they? Would they love really a surprise? Really consider if they want a surprise or not. Because Teresa and I do not care for surprises. <laughs> do not like it. I think we've talked about this before we the show. We've definitely talked about I this. I need to prepare myself for something bad and something good. I need to be ready for whatever happens next, even if it's the best thing in the world. If I'm like, well, I wasn't planning on putting this energy towards hanging out with cool people today. Why have you done this to me? <laughs> That's a great example. Um, and in that way, uh, he goes on to discuss in the book as an example, inviting someone over. Right. Especially if in like and in the world of this book, we're talking about married hetero couples. If your uh, if your husband invites your mother-in-law over, mm -hmm. even if you have a great relationship with your mother-in-law, it's important to consider like the parameters of the inviting over. Yeah. Right. Uh, if you invite someone over immediately is your significant other is going to figure like figure in cleaning house or being available or you know you know the example that he gives is i invited my my mother over for lunch when i actually could have taken a second uh to put her on hold and say can my mom come over for lunch and then my wife says, mm, I'm not ready for lunch. We were just going to do like catch as catch can. 
How about dinner? Yeah. Instead, right? That's that's the the really great example he gives. Even if it's just like giving on the floor, because sometimes plans aren't like, I was going to go out and do something. Sometimes yeah. somebody's been like, you know, it's been a long day and I just kind of want to sit on the couch and like not talk to people and watch mm-hmm. a movie or whatever. And so then if you're like, oh, by the way, uh, my friend's coming over in an hour. And it's like, it doesn't disrupt some important plan I had, but exactly. I was not gearing up to be social tonight. Right. One of the ways that we do this is we have a shared Google calendar. Correct. (laughs) Correct. And I mean, that definitely it doesn't cover every like last minute impulse decision. Right. But we try and, for example, teach BB about the second thought. Right. The first thought is, "Ooh, I want this. And the second thought is, "Mm, should I a ask permission, b think about dinners in 20 minutes or, you know, all that kind of stuff. Okay, right? we've spent 13 minutes talking about right. the first Sorry. principle and the first passage well, we we're reading. I mean, but also intro. Sure. Okay. The next one. R-E-S-B-E-C-T. Is, that's right. Find out what it means to Peter. Okay. Respect. Respect is recognizing that how you interact with another person affects your relationship with that person. Then choosing to take actions that will build and enhance the relationship as opposed to injuring it. Respect helps us decide how to choose to act towards others. There you go. Um, I do want to take take just a second and pull out the idea of um, of tone police, right? Yes. That's not what this is. We're not saying to have this as your core, like manners and respectability, right? We're not saying we give you carte blanche to be the tone police. No. That's I, not what we're talking about. I think that this is more like if you're considering it from your, and tell me if I'm interpreting this incorrectly, but I would think of this more like, imagine you have two friends, right? Mm-hmm. Friend one is very comfortable with you two kind of razzing each other and like that's just the way you communicate. Yes. And friend two does not like to be given a hard time and wants a little bit more like grace and understanding if something, if they do something wrong, mm-hmm. right? And it's understanding of like, okay, great. The way this relationship interacts is like we give each other a hard time, but at the core of it is love and we know that and we're comfortable being that way. And in this relationship, it is a different kind of vibe where this is all about like love and affirmations and support. And that's how we show each other we care about each other. And I should not raz friend two in the same way that I raz friend one because that will injure the relationship. Exactly. That's exactly right. Um in in practical application, that's your and I's relationship, yes. right? You and your brothers are perfectly fine um, when someone, for example, misspeaks, yes. right? You can take that word that is misspoke and run with it and have fun and volley it back and forth and play games with each other. That is not a game that I enjoy playing with you. And so in our relationship, if one of us misspeaks, that's not something that we that we play with that way. And listeners of this show might be like, but I've heard Travis do that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, it's definitely, it's not always uh, easy to switch that gear, but it it's is true. a thing. Yes. But that's something that we, we work on in our relationship because yeah. we respect each other that way. And that's the only thing. Other that's than the that, only, that's it. We're at 99.9% <laughs> at this point. So close. The example that he gives in the book is about a husband and wife that, um, she has left the tickets at home um, for their their outing later. I think they're going to a show. And they're at the restaurant, and she's upset 
She thought she put them in her purse, but now at the restaurant, looking in her purse, she can't find them. She realizes she's left them on the table at home. And the husband in the example doesn't say anything poorly about her, doesn't, you know, razz her about, oh, you always forget or whatever it is. He just says, it's okay. We live five minutes away. You stay here. Enjoy your drink. I'll run back and get them. Yeah. And I think that that is a very uh, gracious example. I think that, like, Mm -hmm. the thing that I try to think about, the way I think about it is, like, there is a big difference between just, like, laughing at and laughing with. There's a big difference between being frustrated at and being frustrated with. Exactly. Right? When you are in a relationship, it's not always your responsibility to not get upset when something goes wrong. Because Because the the situation is obviously frustrating. So it's okay for both of you to be frustrated. Right. But it just as easily could have been you that forgot the tickets. Right. And it's like this situation is very frustrating and we're allowed to both be frustrated. Right. And sometimes it's just saying, like, I want you to know, yes, this is frustrating. It's not your fault. I'm not frustrated at you. I'm just Mm -hmm. this is frustrating, but we can deal with it. Exactly. Um, In this particular um, um, example that he gave, he says that this is a, a an interaction that he witnessed at the restaurant. Um, And actually said to the couple, like, that was one of the most amazing things I've ever witnessed. Uh, Apparently, he was seated very close to them at the bar. (laughs) Oh, I don't care, Peter. I would never talk to another couple. Even if it was a good thing, the idea of like, hey, you guys totally know. I would never. Because when I'm having a conversation with someone, I forget that everyone else exists. (laughs) And you butting in is going to make me like, oh, we need to leave right now. Someone has observed me. (laughs) Is that why you stop chewing when I look at you while you're eating? Correct. Mm-hmm. I do not. I, I like to. I like to perform. I do not like to be observed. There's a big difference. <laughs> it's a running joke. It's very funny. Um, a joke, yes. Joke. This last one he talks about is honesty. Okay. Honesty. Now listen. I don't know what he's going to say. Okay. I will preemptively say honesty. As far as open communication is great. Unfettered, unbridled honesty can be as destructive as lies. Of course. And that is definitely touched on. Oh, good. He writes, honesty is being truthful, not deceptive. There is a very important difference, too, between benevolent honesty and honesty that is cutting or unkind. There you go. I have a problem with that is a very different thing from that's a stupid thing to say. Honesty ensures that we act sincerely because sincerity matters. Have you ever listened to a politician speaking and noticed that while he sounds ever so convincing, on some level you simply don't believe him? This is a thing I have noticed uh, a lot in the world uh, currently and probably throughout time. But currently, where people will be like, I'm just being honest. And it's like, no, you're being blunt. You're being mm-hmm. hurtful. You're not being honest. You can speak your thoughts in an honest way without being blunt, without being. Isn't there, there's a great, like, quote, a meme quote from uh, Glass Onion, right? Where um, he talks about how that one character, I haven't seen the movie. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, you brought it up and I but was I've like, only, wow. Okay, but I've only on. seen the meme. Okay. It's. Um, Benoit Blanc? Yes. yes. And uh Edward Norton. No, the blonde. 
Kate uh, Hudson. Kate Hudson, yes. Where she's like, I'm a truth teller and people just don't understand that. Like, they don't like it. And he says something to the effect of like, this brand of honesty is not about truth. It's about hurting people. Yeah. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. It's like there are people where, I guess the way that... Filtered honesty is the best way you. I like to think about it. It's like I can be honest and say what I'm thinking while also choosing my words very carefully and choosing what I want to make my point about, if that makes sense. Right. Um, so he goes on to say, for a relationship to thrive, actions, appearance, and words need to be grounded in sincerity. The minute you are insincere, your significant other will see right through you. And then you'll have to strive that much harder to recover. The example that he writes is about um, getting somewhere on time when you say, we have to be there at 7, so let's leave at 6.30. But your pattern of behavior is, you're never ready at 6.30, right? Mm. So that kind of interaction repeated over time makes your words insincere. I would also say it goes the other way because this is a thing, once again, as long as we're talking about couples that I have had to work on, where it's like I've said, well, we need to be there at 7, so we have to leave at 6.30. And then at like 6.20, I'm like hovering and going like, I mean, mm, we can, and it's like, well, you said we were leaving at 6.30, but what you really meant is I would like to leave no later than 6.30, mm-hmm. but the earlier the better. But I didn't say that. Right. And that kind of thing is like, okay, well, you weren't, you didn't say the actual thing, and then you're getting mad that the person didn't read your mind. Mm-hmm. You know what we should do right now? Yeah. A word from some other Max Fun shows. They can be anywhere. At your office. In your car. And they are wrong. My mom says that the gray house didn't exist, but she's wrong. He just does it wrong. Someone in your life is wrong about something. Something small, something weird, something vitally important. Only one person has the courage to tell them just how wrong they are. You know what you did was wrong, but your daughter is a liar who eats garbage. (laughs) (laughs) They call me Judge John Hodgman. Listen to me on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. If someone in your life is doing you wrong, don't just take it. Take it to court. Submit your case at MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. Hi, I'm Alex Schmidt. And I'm Katie Golden. And we make Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, a podcast about why seemingly ordinary stuff is actually the title of the podcast. Using tons of research, we take a joyful look at history and science and stories. And jokes. About the ordinary stuff in your life, because that's what makes those things amazing. Also jokes. So get excited about paper clips. Get thrilled about pigeons. Get all psyched up and running around the room about the imperial system of weights and measurements. For real, there's whole episodes about that stuff. Hear them anytime and hear new episodes Mondays at MaximumFun.org. Okay, tell me about this second book. Okay. I remember us buying this. We bought this yes. at the Greenbrier? We did. Yes. We did. This is um, by Dorothy Draper, who very famously decorated the Greenbrier in her now known as like maximalist style. Did we do a biography on her? We did. Yeah. We did. Um, 
And uh, very quickly, she's kind of like known for matching pattern with pattern. Yeah, big patterns and a big pattern. Not necessarily like the same pattern. It's not the same pattern. Oh, it's no. like big flowers and then like checker, you know, big checkerboard floor or something, right? Right. So like when I, and this at this latest visit, we went uh, and I bought some napkins that were on sale. Um, and I thought, well, what would Dorothy do? And the truth is, she would do four different patterned napkins that all go together as kind of like like a not a matching set, obviously. Yeah, but like complementary. A complementary so set, exactly. Easier to replace individual napkins too. That's true. Smart one, Dorothy. So I ended up with a big flower pattern and a smaller flower pattern and a gingham check and then a plaid that all have very similar color palettes. Not like they're not all the same colors, but the green in this one relates to the green in that one and the pink in this one relates to another one and so like that's that's her whole big thing because like her home obviously was decorated like this but she was very famous for her kind of like party scapes mm. right um and the book that i have in front of me is called entertaining is fun okay <laughs> i mean i agree Yes. Um, one of the things that she goes over is uh, your party personality. Mm, mine's like a hummingbird. Is it? How would you describe that hummingbird party personality? So only in that I flit from group to group. And I'm like, everybody having a good time here? Everybody oh, good? okay. This going well? This going well? Uh, but I like to have everything set up when people come and have stations and everything. And then I'm very much a make sure you talk to everybody, make sure everybody's having a good time kind of person. Mm -hmm. um, that I would say is my deal. Okay. Uh, and then when the party's down on Big Bear, who's like, get out of my cave, and I scare everyone away. <laughs> okay. So um, she illustrates that there are several different party personalities, not, not by... Not by uh, animal. Animal. Okay. Exactly. But she goes through and talks about how there are lots of different ways to throw a party from like an intimate gathering, right? Mm -hmm. Or uh, she says that her personal favorite is a gala. Okay. Not. I'm not throwing a lot of those personally. <laughs> I'm not even 100% sure I could find a gala suitable uh, like venue. Uh, given a year's notice, but okay. Yes. Um, so, from her book, she says, if you feel like doing any one of these things, she's referring to a gala, a dinner, um, a... Soiree. A soiree. A cocktail party. A, uh, a, a picnic. A fondue. Uh, a tasting. Uh, a themed party. Murder mystery. Bridge party. Okay. Anyway. Where you're on a bridge. If you feel like doing any one of these things or something original and entirely different, do it. Don't put it off till you've bought a new car or have more money or a bigger house or until you know more people. None of these are valid excuses. They're alibis. Oh, ooh, la, la. Okay. Oh. Stop alibying. Which I didn't know was a word. I don't think it is. <laughs> Give yourself the sort of party you long for right now. Now, Dorothy, um, if I may speak to you privately for a moment, mm -hmm. I love the concept of like, if you want to do this, do it. 
You are missing out on the aspect of maybe I want to throw a gala and I have no money. <laughs> yes. Um, so the first thing she says to have absolutely clear in your own mind is why you are giving a party at all. Is it to impress or compete with someone else? Sometimes. That's a sorry sort of send-off for any party. Oh. The game of keeping up with the Joneses never works. No matter how hard you try to win, there is always another Jones around the corner with newer, faster, bigger car, who belongs to more clubs, or has a bigger house and can give more elaborate parties. Cut your parties to fit your own figure, and they will suit you. Because they suit you, your friends will be suited too. Uh, as uh, Ben Folds put it, there's always <laughs> someone cooler than you. She has a, a lovely demonstration, uh, illustration, I should say, of different seating patterns. This right? is my fa- This is something I get hung up on, by the way, of like how the chairs face, where they're positioned, what uh, what. <laughs> this, I realize now that this makes. Uh, how this makes you sound, but what what um of the party uh you know here's the snack table here's the drinks table here mm-hmm. where are the chairs in relationship to those zones and yeah uh, is there a conversation zone is there an area for people who want to get away from conversation just want to chill out for a moment <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> my party planning can get real sweaty real sweaty real fast. So she has one she's labeled normal group, which is a couch facing a coffee table with chairs on either side. Mm -hmm. Then she has a party group illustration, which takes that configuration and adds two side tables to either set of armchair and two extra chairs. Right. She calls that a party group because as she is adding more areas, right, she is focusing in on these two couples can talk to each other this way and then this can be a couple and then we have three on the couch and like really setting up those zones like you were talking about, right? Now, I know she doesn't have a lot of bean, beanbag chairs. No beanbag chairs. Mm. Mm. Uh, it's not missing, really your style. Missing out. We have uh, so we have this thing. It's not really a beanbag chair. It's like a big furry poof. That's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> it looks like a curled up polar bear. That's just like, well, be careful. The dogs love it. And so whenever we have parties and people go to sit on it, I'm like, oh, in my head, I'm like, should I stop them? Because that uh, white furry thing is also covered in dog fur. Uh, I don't, it's fine. Oh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I vacuum it occasionally. It's fine. Okay. The kids love it too. The kids love it. Um, Who doesn't love a big, it's big, it's great. <laughs> and then for- It's also overstuffed, so it's firm as all get out. <laughs> Uh, And then for larger parties, she suggests nests, she calls them, Mm -hmm. of tables and folding chairs. See, I call them zones, but yes. Mm, Yes, indeed. Um, And so one of the things that she recommends is place cards. Uh, If there is any sort of like sit down expected everyone at the same time. Yeah, you don't want to do it for like a mill around cocktail party. You don't want to be like, Todd, this is where you stand. Yeah. And Susan, I've put you over here in the corner. <laughs> you know what you did. <laughs> and she goes on to talk about um, if you play bridge, right, um, it might be important to you to have a very, like, uh, serious bridge game. And so don't try to party at the same time as your bridge game. Um If you want to have a party around bridge, have the party first and then settle into your bridge game instead of the other way around. Um, If you're musical, she says, she says, um, 
this was at the time of of radio as a form of like pub, of a interta- party entertainment. Mm-hmm. She suggests everyone sitting on um, cushions or rugs around the radio. Bean bags. Bean bags weren't invented at this point in what? time. Get out! I thought they were like ancient Egypt. <laughs> I don't know about that. Okay. Um, and then if you live in the suburbs, she says you may have a difficult time um, making a party feel special because your neighbors are always milling about together. Ugh, tell me about it. But she goes on to say, if you love to give parties, you will find ideas for them in all sorts of places. Um, and she talks about how she once attended a party where... They rented a barge okay. on the river, uh-huh. and everybody met at the dock and got on the barge. And on the barge, they had a friend who had been um, asked to sing arias for the evening. Okay, They floated down the river on the barge to a already set out picnic dinner. And then returned on the barge to coffee and hot chocolate. Now, let me tell you, this sounds lovely. But when you say barge, my mind immediately goes to like a trash barge, a coal barge, a shipping container barge. And I'm like, okay, is it nice? It's a long, flat boat. Sure. I know the concept. I'm just saying that I I don't know that I've ever said, look at that beautiful barge. Uh, It's just not what I think of when I think of barge. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she wraps up her her party chapter by... Explaining what puke and rally is. No. Okay. (laughs) I don't want to explain that. No, we're not going to explain it. She does. And if you play flip cup, be sure. (laughs) She says, well, why don't I do any of these things? Why don't you? I don't know where to get a barge. Do you tell yourself that your house is too small and not planned for entertaining or that your budget won't let you? Nonsense. Those aren't excuses. Well, We're back to alibis here. Now, hold on. I would say I don't have enough money to throw a party is a perfectly good reason to not throw a party. There are the promptings of that will-to-be-dreary psychologist tell you about. It's that little imp locked away in your subconscious that is teasing you into believing that it's too hard or too expensive or too much guy. bother to give I a party. I that imp in my brain. I think that the important thing that she's saying is... And she gets, she goes on. She means as she goes on. True, it isn't easy to entertain in a house with a dining room that's a tight squeeze for six. Yet it can be done delightfully. Or what about that stretch of smooth lawn under your apple tree? A tea kettle with a... Pr- I'm sorry, I just didn't consider having a party under my apple tree. <laughs> a tea table with a purring kettle would look charming sat there. I, I think, like I said, she means as to go on. To say that a party is anything you can make it into. Oh, right? okay. Several people together having fun, eat, drink, games, all of that. That's all a party. Um, and I think that she says that um, the, the next heading is capitalize on what you have. Right? Okay. So instead of saying, I can't throw a party because I don't have enough space, I don't have enough, blah, 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 what she's saying is, instead of saying I can't do it, instead say, so how do I make it work? I exactly. want to throw a party, and here's what I can do. How do I make that work? Exactly. Um, different examples she gives is if you live in a tiny apartment, maybe you have a rooftop that you can go to and throw a party on. Um, if you 
have a stretch of beach out your house or down the street or somewhere near that you can all meet together. And why not have a beach party or a clam bake or, you know, maybe your neighbors are out of town and they have a pool. (laughs) Find a park that you can all meet together at. Maybe it's a restaurant like, you know, and she does say that you should go to the restaurant the day before and talk to the proprietor, but I'm not sure that's something that people do these days. Especially well, a day before, make a reservation. Just make a, yeah, reservation, make a reservation, I think it'll be fine. Um, and so I I really find it rather inspiring, right, to, to read this chapter. First of all, all of her examples of beautiful parties she's either been to or uh, heard about. Listen, yeah, we all want to go on a barge for a party. I get it. We love barges. I get it. But not all of us have access to barge budgets. <laughs> That's what she's saying. She's saying a party can be made anywhere, right? And it doesn't have to be a huge gala. It can be an intimate gathering. It's about the way that you approach the evening that makes it a party. I do think, though, it is important on the invitation that you make it clear whether it is a barge or a non-barge party. Okay. Yeah, because you want to make sure expectations are set. Okay. Because maybe they weren't expecting a barge and they show up like, I am not prepared mentally for this. <laughs> or they show up mentally prepared for a barge and there's no barge. And they're like, well, now I have to, this is going to take me 30 minutes to come down from the rush of endorphins I had at the idea of being on a barge. So just make it clear, right? You could do it above the RSVP. It's like uh, no presence necessary, bars not included. Okay. Right? Something like that. Sure. So uh, I want to say some thank yous to, first of all, you, my wife. Mm, uh, thank for you. For both being my wife and putting up with me. And um, <laughs> I want to say thank you to our researcher, Alex, without whom we would not be able to make this show. I want to say thank you to our editor, Rachel, without whom we would not be able to make this show. And I want to say thank you to you for listening. We could maybe make the show without you, but why? Like, I don't think we would, but we could, but we wouldn't. Um, let's see. Make sure you check out all the merch at McElroyMerch.com. Um, you can check out basically everything McElroy-related if you go to McElroy.family. That's uh, our website that has links to basically everything we do. You can check it all out there. What else, Teresa? Who else do we thank? We thank Brent, Brentlefloss Black, for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Check out Khan the Musical. He wrote that, too. Coming soon, I imagine. Um, also, thank you to Bruja Betty Pinup Photography for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. If you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans, check that out today. Um, if you would like to suggest a topic or maybe a book? Even if it's just a passage from a book you own that you want to like scan or type out or something, like send it to us. Uh, obviously include the author information, please. Um, but you can email us, schmannerscast at gmail.com and uh, your topic suggestions, your idiom suggestions. Uh, make sure you say hi to Alex because she reads every single one. And that's going to do it for us. So join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manner Schmanners. Get it. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.